Hello, my good friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is The Informed Catholic. So, for this episode, episode 150, I am going to do the readings on the Assumption of Our Blessed Lady, the Virgin Mary. So, if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. We'll greatly appreciate it. Also, I want to ask everyone to please say a prayer for Cardinal Burke. Um, he contracted COVID and he's in the hospital. He's not doing very well. And uh, if you listen to the episode of LifeSite News, you'll find out that they're not allowing him any visitors, even his own sister who has the power of attorney. They're not allowing her uh, to see him only the hospital chaplain uh which is kind of which is terrible um he's been against the vaccine and the media basically is using this as an opportunity to mock him he's not a young man he's very old and he's usually usually it's those are the ones who are most susceptible to COVID. so um please say a prayer for him okay so Let's open up with um, the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father, Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and let's say three Hail Marys for Cardinal Burke. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, so, um, yeah, it's uh, it's terrible. You know, he's one of the the dubia cardinals who requested some clarity from Pope Francis, and um, you know, he's an old man. He's not young, and um, you know, he's he's one of the leading conservatives, and he defends tradition. And he's loved by conservatives. So, yes, keep Colonel Burke in your prayers. All right, so let's move on to the readings. Okay, so I'm going to do the readings for both the Vigil Mass and the Mass uh, during the day for the Assumption of Readings. So, the uh, Assumption of Our Lady, excuse me. So, uh, the first one is for the Vigil, and the first reading is from First uh, uh, Chronicles chapter 15, uh, 
verses 3 to 4. And it goes into chapter... Uh, well, let's just, just do the first... Yeah, I don't know the, the numbers here, but let's just do the first readings. David assembled all Israel in Jerusalem to bring the Ark of the Lord to the place which he had prepared for it. David also called together the sons of Aaron and the Levites. The Levites bore the ark of God on their shoulders with poles, as Moses had ordained according to the word of the Lord. David commanded the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their kinsmen as chanters to play on musical instruments, harps, lyres and symbols uh, to make loud sounds of rejoicing. They brought in the ark of God and set it within the tent which David had pitched for it. Then they offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings to God. When David had finished offering up the burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord Thanks be to God. Okay, I'll read it one more time. David assembled all Israel in Jerusalem to bring the ark of the Lord to the place which he had prepared for it. David also called together the sons of Aaron and the Levites. The Levites bore the ark of God on their shoulders with poles as Moses had ordained according to the word of the Lord, David commanded the chiefs of the Levites to appoint their kinsmen as chanters to play on musical instruments, harps, lyres, and cymbals to make a loud, to make loud sound of rejoicing. They brought in the ark of God and set it within the tent which David had pitched for it. Then they offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings to God. When David had finished offering up the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Okay, and the uh, response to Psalm is from Psalm 132. Lord, go up to the place of your rest, you and the ark of your holiness. Lord, go up to the place of your rest, you and the ark of your holiness. Behold, we heard of it in Ephrathah. We found it in the fields of Jar. Let us enter his dwelling. Let us worship at his footstool. Lord, go up to the place of your rest, you and the ark of your holiness. May your priests be clothed with justice. Let your faithful ones shout merrily for joy. For the sake of David, your servant, reject not the place of your anointed. Lord, go up to the place of your rest, you and the ark of your holiness. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He prefers her for his dwelling. Zion is my resting place forever. For he... For, for, in her will I dwell, for I prefer her. Lord, go up to the place of your rest, you and the ark of your holiness. And the second reading is from First, first Corinthians chapter 15, 54, and it goes to 57b. Uh, reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. When that which is mortal clothes itself with immortality, then the word that is written shall come about. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And one more time. When that which is mortal clothes itself with immortality, 
then the word that is written shall come about. Death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. And... Right, the gospel exclamation, the gospel antiphon is Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed are they who hear the word of God and observe it. Okay, and the reading is from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 11, 27 and 28. It's very short. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. While Jesus was speaking to a woman from the crowd, he called out and said to him, um, oh, she called out and said to him, Blessed is the womb that carried you and the breasts at which you were nursed. He replied, Rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. One more time, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. While Jesus was speaking, a woman from the crowd called out and said to him, Blessed is the womb that carried you and the breasts at which you which you nursed. He replied, Rather blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, now this is the the readings. For the Assumption of our of our blessed of the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, the Mass during the day, August fifteenth, is the Assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Okay, the first reading here is from the Book of Revelation. All right, the Apocalypse, uh, chapter eleven, verse uh, starting from verse nineteen, going to chapter twelve, one to six. Okay, so. Let's begin. God's temple in heaven was opened, and the Ark of the Covenant could be seen in the temple. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child and wailed out loud in pain. As she labored to give birth, then another sign appeared in the sky. It was a huge red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on its heads were seven didiums. Its tail swept away a third of the stars in the sky and hurled them down to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman about to give birth to, a, to, to devour her child. When she gave birth, she gave birth to a son, a male child, destined to rule all the nations with an iron rod. Her child was caught up to God and his throne. The woman herself fled into the desert, where she had a place prepared by God. Then I heard a loud cry in the heaven, in heaven say, now have salvation and power come, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his anointed one. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, and the responsorial psalm is from Psalm 45. And the response is, The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. The queen takes her place at your right hand in gold of Ophir. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. Hear, O daughter, and see, turn your ear, forget your people and your father's house. The queen stands at your right hand, arrayed in gold. So shall the king desire your beauty. 
for he is your Lord. The queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. They are born in they are born in which gladness and joy they enter the palace of the king. The queen stands at your right hand arrayed in gold. Okay, and the reading from uh, letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 15, 20 to 27. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life, but each one in proper order. Christ the first fruit, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ, then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to his God and Father, when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he subjugated everything under his feet. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, now the gospel. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Mary is taken up into heaven. A chorus of angels exults. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 1, verse 31 to 56. Glory to you, O Lord. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on his lowly servant. From this day all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm, and he has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones, and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with her about three months and then returned to her home. The Gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So once more, please pray for Cardinal Burke. Uh, he's very sick, and um, let's hope um, let's hope that the Lord will uh, will get him through this. All right. So um, I've been reading the uh, the the writings of Saint Louis Munford. I I have to say I truly believe this that he was probably the greatest. Mariologist in the in the the church's history, I think the man was was practically a prophet. Um, I want to read a little excerpt excerpts from his um, from his writings. This is the uh, opening excellence and necessity for devotion to our blessed lady. In uh, Article Fourteen, he says, "I avow with all the church that Mary." Being but a mere creature that has come from the hands of the Most High is in comparison, sorry with the car horn, comparison with his infinite majesty, 
less than an atom. Or rather, she is nothing at all, but because he only is he who is, and thus by consequence that that grand lord always independent and sufficient in him to himself never had and has not now any absolute need for the for the holy virgin for the accomplishment of his will and for the manifestation of his glory he he has but to will in order to do everything nevertheless this is going to article 15 i say that things being supposed as they are now god having willed to commence and to complete his greatest work by the most holy virgins since he created her me we may well think he will not change his conduct in eternal ages for he is god and he changes not either in his sentiments or in his conduct Article 16. God the Father has not given his only begotten to the world except to Mary. God has not given his only begotten Son to the world except to Mary. Whatever sighs the patriarchs may have sent forth, whatever prayer the prophets and the saints of the, of the, of the ancient law may have offered up to obtain that treasure for full four thousand years it was but mary that merited it it was but mary who found grace before god by the f force of her prayers and the and the immense of her virtues the world was unworthy says saint augustine to receive the son of god immediately from the father's hands he has given him to mary in order that the world might receive him through her the Son of God ha has made himself man, but it was in Mary and by Mary, God, the Holy Ghost, has formed Jesus Christ in Mary. But it was only after having asked her consent by one of the first ministers of his court, Article 6, 17 now, God the Father has communicated to Mary his fruitfulness as far as a mere creature was capable of it, in order that he might give her the power to produce his son and all the members of his mystical body. Article 18. God the Son has descended into her virginal womb as the new Adam into the terrestrial paradise to take his pleasure there and to work in secret the marvels of his grace. God made man has found his liberty in seeing himself imprisoned in her womb. He has made his omnipotence shine forth in letting himself be carried by that blessed virgin. He has found his glory and his father's in hiding his splendor from all creatures here below and revealing them to Mary only. He has glorified his independence and his majesty in depending on the sweet virgin in his conception, in his birth, in his presentation in the temple, in his hidden life of thirty years, and even in his death where she was to be present in order that he might make with her but one same sacrifice and be immolated to eternal father by her consent just as Isaac of old was offered up by Abraham's consent to look to the will of God, it is she who has suckled him and nourished him, supported him, brought him up, and then sacrificed him for us. So, this is the first part. As you can see, Monfort was a true Mariologist. He really, really was inspired, truly inspired by the Holy Spirit. I mean, when you read his writings, you can't escape it. I mean, he spent so much time, and yet he died at the age of 46. He died at the age of 46. I mean, look at what he says here, this part here. 
This is from Article 18, way down. I, I highlighted a lot of things. He has hidden from us nearly all the admirable things which that incarnate wisdom did in his hidden life, as he would enable us by his revelation of, the le of, of, of that lease to understand something of its price. You know, I mean, I'll read the whole part here, actually. Oh, admirable and incomprehensible uh, dependence of a God with the Holy Ghost could not pass in silence in the gospel, although he has hidden from us nearly all the admirable things which that incarnate wisdom did in his hidden life, as he would enable us by his revelation of that at least to understand something of its price, Jesus Christ gave more glory to God the Father by submission to his mother during these 30 years than he would have given him in converting the whole world by the workings of the most stupendous miracle. Oh, oh how highly we glorify God. When to please him, we submit ourselves to Mary after the example of Jesus Christ, our sole exemplar. That's something to think about. That the hidden life of Jesus, that 30 years, right? We only got that short instance into their private lives. When Jesus was 12 years old, when he was lost uh, in the temple in Jerusalem for three days. Three days. Mary and Joseph went crazy, mad. They thought they lost him. They thought something terrible happened to him. And they found him at the temple when he was debating, talking with the scholars of the law like he was an already an adult. And Mary says to him, We've been, you know, we've been worried sick. We were, you know, we've been looking for you for three whole days. And he said, Why were you looking for me? Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? The point is that we only got a small, tiny glimpse into their private lives. We don't even have one recorded word of St. Joseph's coming from his mouth. Not one word, not one prayer coming from St. Joseph's mouth. I mean, we have Mary's Magnificat. We have Elizabeth's praise. We have Zacharias. Uh, uh, Benedictus is blessed be the Lord. Not one prayer from St. Joseph. Why? He's silent. I don't know which saint said it, but there's a saying that God the Father had everything to say in the silent manhood of St. Joseph. This, I think, should be taken seriously, not lightly. That the silence of St. Joseph's manhood spoke loudly of who the God the Father is. Also, how God the Father, that, God, that maybe that God the Father saw himself in the manhood of St. Joseph and that the manhood of St. Joseph said everything about God the Father. I think that's something we should take seriously as men. Not that we shouldn't speak, but that Joseph's manhood said everything of who he wanted to raise his son. And Mary's womanhood, her femininity, said everything of what, who wanted to be the mother of his son, Jesus Christ. There, Joseph's masculinity and Mary's femininity said everything about God and who God wanted to be the mother and father of his son. 
But the silence of God the Father is what we, we have to really realize. I mean, the silence of Joseph, that is, I'm sorry, the silence of Joseph said everything about God the Father. That's important. We were given a small glimpse of their private life. That silent world, except for that one incident in, in, in when he was 12 years old, but that silent private world, we weren't given a glimpse. We're not told anything, any what life was like for them in Egypt. We're not even given a glimpse of them traveling. I mean, just uh, words being exchanged, um, you know, conversation on the ta dinner table, breakfast table, none of that. You know, none, no, nothing with family <clears throat> celebrations, you know, gathering, none of that stuff. Of the, the first day he went to school, we weren't given that. None of it. And that, that in itself, Monford realizes, is important. That was important, that silence. What does it mean? What are we supposed to learn from that silence? That, the, that may be that in our, in our private lives, we are to really ponder, search for God, experience God in our private lives, experience Christ in our own private lives, that we are really in a sense to search for him in humility in our, in our private lives. Maybe that's what it is. Mary herself kept that world hidden from us. She didn't reveal everything to Luke, to St. Luke. She didn't even reveal, I mean, she might've, we know she might've spoken about these things, but it should tell us that the gospels were carefully, the, that certain things were carefully selected and that the Blessed Mother, the Blessed Mother was the only source of that information. Joseph was not around anymore. And even if there were relatives around, they obviously didn't think it was for them to talk about those things or they had a right to talk about them, that, that Mary, Mary was the only source you had to get through. And you were going to get what you're going to get. She was not going to, and I believe the Holy Spirit was with her, to guide her on what information should be given. But the information of their private life of those years before his baptism, the only incident she gave was that day when they lost him, that time when they lost him. And not one recorded word out of the mouth of St. Joseph. And I believe his silence was the voice of God. Let me read to you a little bit more. This, um, this last part from uh, Article 18, I want to read. Okay, let me just go back here. Jesus Christ gave more glory to God the Father by submission to his mother during those 30 years. When he would have given him uh, in converting the whole world by the working of the most stupendous miracle. Oh, how, oh, how highly we glorify God when to please him. We submit ourselves to Mary after example of Jesus Christ, our sole exemplar. Article 19 here. If we examine narrowly the rest of our blessed Lord's life, we should see that it was his will to begin his miracles by Mary. He sanctified St. John in the womb by St. Elizabeth, his mother, but it was by Mary's word. No sooner had she spoken then John was sanctified, and this was his first and greatest miracle of grace. At the marriage of Cana, he changed the water into wine, but it was at Mary's humble prayer, and this was his first miracle of nature. He has begun and continued his miracle by Mary, and he will continue them to the end of ages by Mary also. 
That's another important thing we have to look at. You know, it's interesting. I was listening to a Catholic audio podcast on Catholic audio. You can find it on Google. It was a debate between a Protestant and a Catholic over the Immaculate Conception. And I'll say this, the Catholic, um, the only thing I felt was, I hate to say this, but it was the, the timing the the timing that annoying alarm that came from a phone uh or something that only gave them limited time to talk and it was really really annoying it was it was it was rather annoying because both guys I really wanted to hear them completely through and unfortunately I don't think the um uh I hate to say it, I don't think the moderator did a good job I think the it was not done very well, and I think they should have been given more time. But anyway, the Catholic, I think, was giving great ex examples. He did his research. The Protestant, on the other hand, did not do his research very well. He, he, he depended on second-hand sources, second-hand sources, and he didn't even bother to validate those second-hand sources. And it was something about some debunked French priest or something that was a heretic and he was a notorious liar and he was a, he was notoriously known for for creating quotes that didn't exist which I felt was I felt bad for the Protestant now um the main part of it was his interpretation and uh of the wedding at Cana when Mary our blessed mother approached our Lord and brought up brought to his attention that the wine was ran out now keep in mind this is the these were these were obviously close relatives of our blessed lady the the wedding was very important to her obviously the bridegroom and the bride they you know and the family they were very important to her and so when you run out of wine and remember it's probably several days of partying so you're getting a lot of freeloaders coming over for eating and drinking and they ran out of wine and wine and wine was the most important thing because it was a very important part of the the celebration and the ceremonies she brought it up now be very clear about this the king james has jesus our lord's response to his mother extremely harsh and that was done deliberately by the king james translators in order to destroy Marian devotion, because in England, Marian devotion was was pretty big among uh, English people at the, at some point, especially among the English Catholics. Okay, now his response is in the King James, "Woman, why do you trouble me? My hour has not yet come." That's not what the Greek says. Woman, it could, you could translate it as, "Oh, woman." And his response by calling his mother woman was not a sort of like a cold, disrespectful. He was acknowledging his mother as the woman of Genesis, the woman of the latter days, the new Mary. Oh, woman, why is this a concern to you and me? My hour has not yet come. You could also translate it, a woman, why does this trouble you and me? My hour has not yet come. Her response contradicts what the King James says. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. This Protestant guy thinks that Jesus was putting his mother in her place. Now, as a Protestant, of course he wants to he wants to think of that because he doesn't want to acknowledge her queenship. He doesn't want to acknowledge her uh her her high her high place. This is the woman who gave birth to your Lord for crying out loud. This is the woman that God chose to bring to to bring his the incarnate word into the world. And he still has to, you know, he has such an antagonism against her. We as Catholics 
should not be ashamed of showing our veneration to, to Mary. She is our queen. She's the mother of our king, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the word incarnate. What we as Catholics need to learn is we should study our faith more. This book, The Collected Works of St. Louis Montfort, St. Louis de Montfort Collection, it's seven books. I'm not trying to make an advertisement, but you can get it from Catholic Way Publishing. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's a gray book, a dark gray book with a beautiful uh, white, a black and white photograph of St. Louis de Montfort. All right. Um, going to spell it out for you guys. Okay. The St. Louis. Louis is L-O-U-I-S. This is from the French. De Montfort. Capital D-E. And Munfert, M-O-N-T-F-O-R-T. I know you guys know if you're if you're into Mary. And the last part is collection. And it says seven books. It's in tiny type. It's very thick. All right. And um, I would suggest get yourself two copies. Of course, I know that's up to your budget. But I, um, I always like to get one and do a lot of underlining, a lot of uh, notes. I think it's important to study our faith. I really do. Now, I'm not going to read all the parts here. I'll probably read to you some of the other part is um, here. Let me read this part here. Uh, okay. Uh, Article 39. We must conclude that the Most Holy Virgin being necessary to God by a necessity which we call hypothetical in consequence of his will she is far more necessary to men in order for them to arrive at the last end he capitalized here it's it's, it's capitalized last end we must not confound devotion to our blessed lady with devotion to other saints as if devotion to her was not far more necessary than devotion to them or as if devotion to her was a matter of uh Super supererogation. The learned, pious Suraz the Jesuit, the erudite and devout Justice Labesius, doctor of Louvain, and many others have proved it inconceivably in consequence of the sentiments of the fathers, and among others, okay, that Mary is 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 the most necessary. I'm, I'm, this part here gets a little wordy. I'm sorry. It's, it's necessary for our salvation. To, to get to know Mary, you get to know Jesus. You cannot know Jesus if you don't know his mother. Okay? It, that as the Holy Spirit produced Mary, uh, our Lord, the incarnate word, in our blessed lady, as the Holy Spirit produced, made the incarnate word um, in our blessed lady through her the holy spirit by getting to by by devotions to her we get closer to jesus and through her, she through her spouse the holy spirit will generate jesus in our souls not of course like we're not going to get pregnant obviously but generate the the image of her son in us the person of her son in us when the holy spirit finds devotion to mary the holy spirit generates jesus in our souls and the more devotion to mary the more image of jesus we we, we begin to reflect and that's a, that, that that's through the holy spirit this is the way god wants it this is the path he chose. Did he have to choose this path? No, he didn't have to choose this path. But he chose to come into the world. It's a noisy Brooklyn morning. Okay. This is the way he chose to come into the world. Now, he could have just appeared like the way he appeared before Jacob. Right when Jacob wrestled with him. Or... He could have just chosen to come, but then that's that in itself 
I don't think in the minds of uh, men, and remember, God gave us free will and a free intellect. That wouldn't have made much an impression. But the life of Jesus Christ, and this is where sometimes I don't understand why Protestants stop there. Stop, like they push Mary away into the background. Like, you know, once her, her role and then suddenly, you know, her, you know, they come out when you're ready to come out, when, when we want you to come out. No, he chose to come into this world through relationships. And we should really consider what his relationship with his mother is. And this is what I think a show like The Chosen, I hope, would show more deeper relationship with the mother to make them reflect more. She was the only... Joseph left the scene. Left the scene. Not that Joseph Joseph was not important, but it should actually show you the the silence should reflect the pain. The silence should reflect the intimacy. Intimacy of how important Joseph was to his life. To his to him as to his his human development as a man. This is not emphasizing his humanity over his divinity, but we should re accept both his 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 humanity and his divinity. Family life was very important. All right, the silence of the family life, the chapters. His family life was very important. All right, to. Distance yourself will be indifferent to it. You will never get to know Jesus then. You will never get to know Jesus. That the fact that God created man and woman shows the importance also of family. That this God, humanity is reflected in the male and female. Remember, we're arguing over family. And remember, um, the, the last Sister Lucy in the Seers of Family, she said the last battle would be over family, would, would, be, would be over, um, you know, life. The devil wants to corrupt and destroy family. By destroying family, there's a lot of pain, psychological pain. A lot of, notice everything is happening now with the gender ideology, with the gay marriage, with the with this whole thing of corrupting children over gender ideology. The last battle is over family. The devil wants to just corrupt the youth. And this is important. Our lady is the defender of family. Okay. The assumption. Now I could, um, I will reflect on that. Also, I want to reflect a little something else. Okay, we know that there are no, there's no gravesite of the Blessed Mother. There are no bones or relics, hair or anything like that of her. That's because she didn't die. She fell asleep. It wasn't the sleep of death. She was the Immaculate Conception. This is a doctrine we should accept, we should believe in, because... The incarnate word was not going to come into the world through a fallen Eve. Okay, the, the incarnate word of God, the divine logos, was not going to take residence in a fallen Eve. God prepared himself a tabernacle. Okay, the body, a perfect tabernacle. A preserved tabernacle so he can come into our world. Sin cannot touch God, yes. But he was not going to take residence in a sinful woman. He was going to take residence in a prepared Eve. And this Eve, her will... Now, in the East, I don't know about all the Orthodox... But they have used the word immaculate, the immaculate mother, the immaculate virgin. They do believe in the immaculate conception. 
they just don't define exactly when she became the Immaculate Conceptor. They believe they accept it as a mystery. It's a it's a simply natural part of faith. I think most of the Orthodox uh, <clears throat> I could be I don't want to misspeak, but I believe most of them accept that. They just don't have a defined doctrine the way we did. It's different for us in the West because we have a very we have a very hostile environment towards faith and so the church, the Holy Father, believed it was necessary <clears throat> to define the doctrine in order to protect the faith. Many scholars were against it, not because out of faith, but because they really did not want the, I think it's mostly satanic on their part, they didn't want this defined doctrine. There was a lot of modernists, and unfortunately, of course, you know, we know what happened with Vatican II with a lot of the modernists. Also, I think maybe one day, who knows, maybe, maybe not. I think St. Joseph is something we should consider. Um, I do believe that. I think the manhood of St. Joseph is important now. I think the, the fact that there's so much hostility against manhood that I believe one day the church may, may, may come to, um, uh, question a little bit more about St. Joseph, a little bit more about his manhood, because he might have been, at least, if not like Mary, maybe more like John the Baptist, um, if not a doctrine, but at least some something to 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 booster the image of man. I think the I think the Holy Spirit it's up to the Holy Spirit to guide us through that because I don't believe Joseph ever questioned Mary's loyalty when she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Joseph didn't question her 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 um, her faithfulness in a sexual way. I think he when he found she was pregnant, I think he believed her. It doesn't say he didn't believe her. That's another thing. This is something that 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 modernism put this 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 idea in our head. He questioned if she was sexually impure. That's never reflected in the Gospels. I believe St. Joseph believed her, that she, that, that the Holy Spirit generated this. What was, why was he going to put her away quietly? Because he didn't believe that he had any part in this. It was more out of humility that maybe he was out of the picture. The Holy Spirit said, be not afraid to take Mary as your wife. Yes, the Holy Spirit, the, the, the angel said, for the child in her is of the Holy Spirit. I don't think he questioned her, uh, her, her loyalty. I think he just didn't think he had a part in it. All right. Um, I think it's, I, I think. We have a fantastic faith, but I really believe we need, we need to believe more and more. We need to get closer to her. To her. And I better finish this podcast because the noise is going to increase outside. Um, I, too, I truly believe that in the last days, just as Monfort says it in his book, that as Mary has revealed Jesus to the world as given the world Jesus that the Holy Spirit worked worked through her to generate Jesus Christ to the world through the incarnation in the last days she will reveal Jesus more because she is the there is enmity between her and the devil she is the more she is the mortal enemy she is the prime enemy of Satan and I believe Mary will crush the head of the serpent with her children who are followers of Jesus to bring upon the victory of Jesus Christ in the world. Jesus is going to use his mother. She, he's going to use the new Eve. Remember, he gave, he gave her to us on the cross and he gave us to her when he was on the cross. And we should, and we need to get to know Jesus through reading the scriptures and praying the rosary.
Now, um, I, I'm i more of the orthodox now uh, standard that the three original mysteries are the prime the prime ones we use for uh, because they add up to 150 psalms uh, in the traditional uh, rosary. Now, I'm not against the Illuminate Mystery. I do believe it's necessary because it has the winning Akena. I think we could still, um, I think, add it when you're praying the Joyful Mysteries. Just don't start again uh, with the Apostles' Creed. But I do believe that um, it could... It's, it's still good. I still believe that John Paul II was not wrong to do it. I think that instead of... Um, you could still keep the Joyful Mysteries on sat on Thursdays and Tuesdays. I'm sorry, and Mondays. I'm sorry, Mondays. The original calendar is this. All right. Um, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday is the glorious. Okay. I think I think we should keep it a Saturday and Sunday. I don't think it was necessary for them to change it. Monday is the joyful. You could add the luminous mysteries as one. Uh, if you if you choose, it's your choice with the joyful mysteries. Okay, and Thursdays, I think you could still keep the joyful mysteries and add the luminous mysteries with them. Just, just you know, add it, add it along with there. You could do it once a week if you like, I think, or you could do it on, on the joyful mysteries days, add the luminous mysteries to it as a continuation of, of, of the story. Um, but I'm, but I'm primarily still going to keep, uh, the, the original 15 mystery, uh, uh, three original um, set of mysteries, the joyful, the sorrowful, and the glorious. But I think we still, I think we need to do that. Um, I think that's important. I think that's important because I think that we really need to increase our, uh, our, our devotions to the rosary. I think we need to um, really consider it because now there is a lot of problems in the church. Okay. The Latin Mass. I when I read when I heard all the restrictions, yeah, it was. I think it's extreme. I think it's an attack. Uh, why Pope Francis is doing this? He's a result of the bad formation of priests of the priests. You look at the bishops; they created a separate church, a private Catholic church for themselves, outside of the universal church within the universal church. They created a church within the church for themselves. Many of them have a strong hostility towards the blessed mother. That should say something to you. All right. Um, I'm going to end it here. I'm going to end it here. Um, it's, it's really troublesome. But there's nothing we can do about it. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead." and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. And for uh, Cardinal Burke, we'll say Hail Mary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. And we'll say a St. Michael, St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless.